0: Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman has Issues. Simply the best for less at WindowsKansasCity.com. We've been waiting all year for the Chiefs to jump to a double-digit lead at home and never look back. You know, one of those well-played games like we've seen on the road this year. Kansas City finally did it on a chilly Sunday afternoon, taking the Jacksonville Jaguars down twenty-seven to seventeen. Chiefs got ahead, stayed ahead, and won the game rather easily despite the fact Jacksonville brought the heat to Kansas City they really did playing physical football popping Chiefs ball carriers and receivers all day long but the Chiefs did enough Patrick Mahomes with 331 yards passing four touchdowns and an interception Isaiah Pacheco may have taken over as the lead running back in Kansas City with 16 carries for 82 yards and more significantly after fumbling the ball early in the game the very next offensive play the Chiefs would have on their next series of downs, they gave it right back to Tricheko, who had a very nice day, his best with the Chiefs. Kadarius Toney looks like a player for Kansas City. He had four catches in this ballgame and two carries for 33 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt with a popping helmet-to-helmet hit where they picked up the flag and did not penalize the Jaguars. Kansas City, in the meantime, moves to 7-2. and two. That is tops in the AFC as the Buffalo Bills lose to the Vikings. Inexplicably, the Bills are finding ways to lose. Josh Allen is becoming a turnover machine. We'll talk with Stan Weber about that. And did Green Bay save its season with a win over the Dallas Cowboys? But on this Sunday, a lot of this was about Jacksonville. You love playing an opponent that starts with five punts and a missed field goal. You knew the Jaguars were overmatched, but they tried everything from the start, including an onside kickoff to start the game. Jags recovered it, did nothing with it. Chiefs defense played well, giving up only 17 points to Jacksonville. And now Kansas City is the one seed and in complete control of their own destiny the rest of the season. We'll also talk some college football with Stan as Kansas State controls its destiny once again. The Wildcats In one week, turn it around, pretty miraculously, after losing to Texas, they go on the road and beat Baylor 31-3 in a dominating performance that we will ask Stan, would the Wildcats have won this game if Adrian Martinez did not get hurt and knocked out of the game? I don't think they would have. They're clearly, clearly a better football team with Will Howard at quarterback, and they dominated the Bears. This Kansas State defense is something else. If not for a late score on the last play of the game against the third-string defense at Kansas State this year by the Missouri Tigers, the Wildcats would have half their games, five of their ten, where they did not give up a touchdown. In today's college football, that's pretty amazing. Wildcats go to 7-3, and three, two more wins, and they're in Dallas to take on TCU for the Big 12 championship. Kansas Jayhawks fall 43-28. They simply don't play enough defense with the Jayhawks right now. Maybe some coaching changes are coming in the offseason on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe a little emphasis in recruiting to find some better players defensively. Texas Tech runs up 43 big ones on KU, which gave up 264 yards rushing to the Red Raiders and 264 passing. Pretty rough day for that Kansas defense. Even though the Jayhawks offense moved the ball up and down the field, they couldn't stay competitive in this game because of that defense. Missouri's defense got scorched on Saturday, too. They fall 66-24 to Tennessee. Mizzou just overmatched in this one. Tennessee amassing 724 yards of offense. We'll discuss with Stan whether the Tigers are capable of winning two more. They've got a non-con and then Arkansas to get to 6-6 and be bowl eligible. Stan Weber joins us for our football feast, as he does each and every week right here at KKHI. It is brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs, home of the lifetime warranty. Why settle for three years, 36,000 miles when you can get the lifetime warranty included with your purchase at Roberts Robinson. Online at robertsrobinson.com. Don't forget right now, 100 bucks off a set of four tires. They've got an award-winning service department. They will pick up your vehicle, service it, and return it to you. Who does that? Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs. Cross Kitchens is online at crosskitchenskc.com. Tim Cross will come right to your house. Say, here's our project. We've got this uh, man cave that we've had for 20 years, and we want to remodel it. We want to get rid of this carpet. We want some new barred countertops. We want to change this. They'll do it all from a complete remodel, knocking walls out, and rearranging your house, renovating your house, or just new countertops and flooring. They do small jobs, big jobs. crosskitchenskc.com. Tim comes out, takes a look, then they do a 3D rendering. They show you everything they're going to do before they do it. And when they do it, they do it on time for the price they quote you. CrossKitchensKC.com. And my friends over at Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Advantage is the only pest control I've ever used. We've been with them for over 20 years. They're online at AdvantageTPC.com. That's AdvantageTPC.com. Or call Advantage Termite and Pest Control at 913-768-768. 89.89. 89.89. It's the only pest control you'll ever want to use. Make the switch, and you'll never see any critters around your house with advantage, termite, and pest control. Okay, Stan's going to join us and break down all these games that we saw this weekend like only Stan can do on KKHI. Hit it. The KK Has Issues conversation is presented by. Buck Roofing, online at rbuckroofing.com. Sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. Well, we say hello to Stan Weber, who joins us for the football feast, and we've got a lot to dissect over a weekend of football, starting with the Kansas City Chiefs, who finally, Stan, finally played well at home, got a lead, and never looked back. How are you, sir?
1: I am doing great, Kevin. If you're a Chiefs fan, you ought to be doing very well. Also, last week, what did we say, Kevin? Don't always look at how the games play. Just take those wins in the NFL and look around. And we saw Buffalo lose but the Chiefs won, and it was a positive weekend. Well, now we can just add to that thought process because the Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC if the game stopped right now. So just a nice win. Jacksonville came out attacking, and the Chiefs end up winning. So a very, very good weekend. And, Kevin, you know what's great about the NFL. You know this. There's 16 games if there's a full schedule. Why would you be interested in so many of those 16 games when you root for your team? Because you love rooting against the teams in your division or in your conference. How about everybody in the AFC West losing and the Chiefs win? That is a big time good NFL
0: weekend. And the Bills blow one with Josh Allen turning it over three times. He's quickly turning into a turnover machine right before our eyes. We'll save that for after our Chiefs discussion because it. It really is a you know as we talk about the the hierarchy or the the class teams of the AFC a good discussion we'll have coming up in just a few minutes. Let's talk about what the Chiefs do well here, Stan. I, I, a couple takeaways. I didn't like the special teams obviously in this game, but I did like seeing Isaiah Pacheco carry it 16 times for 82 yards. We know what Mahomes is. We know he's got a million targets. He used all his targets yesterday. Is Pacheco stepping up and becoming a true number one running back?
1: In the Chiefs situation, I think you could say Pacheco is stepping up and is ready to be the Chiefs' number one option at running back. I'll I'll give you that, but I don't answer that as a generic NFL running back situation because you look at his total body of work and he lost a fumble. If he loses a fumble every game, Kevin, then you're going to say we can't play him, right? So he's a young player who's got a lot to learn, in playing in the NFL, down after down after down, he's highly emotional. He's doing exactly what a young player in his situation should do. A lightly regarded player. If I were talking to, you know, I remember t- talking to Stanton when he was walking on to K State, and I said, "Hey, Stanton, the other receivers when they run their routes, they run them about at eighty percent of their maximum speed. That's just normal. That's fast. You want, but you have to have your body un- control, under control. Go ahead and try to run them at ninety percent." You might be a little less out of control, but if you're going to make a showing and you're going to be able to compete with these dudes that are better than you, you've just got to go faster and harder and lay it all on the line. That's your chance. Okay? So here we are. I think that's how Pacheco plays, Kevin. He plays like it's still the preseason, like he's still trying to convince us that he should be playing. He's highly emotional. He's physical. Uh, those things are cool things, but in the NFL, that doesn't work. You've got to find that groove find that grind, and do it week after week. So when you get to the bottom line, Kevin, is the hard thing about the NFL is proving it down after down, week after week. I'm happy to see him play this physical style. I like his enthusiasm, and he's a good option for the Chiefs. So that's a positive. But are we going to be able to count on him being a feature guy that can really be a factor in the playoffs? I still think that's a long ways off. Too much to put on his shoulders. Um, just like we believe that Patrick Mahomes can fight through all kinds of, ups and downs and still be elite and we got to ask that about other quarterbacks in the nfl that's just part of it so i, I liked what he did i like the fact that chiefs were physical yesterday they did a lot of things good but still patrick mahomes is the magic man andy Reid designing plays running a program it is hard to be good in big time sports when everyone's coming after you and andy reed just shows you how great a coach he is that i mean jacksonville they, they shot every bullet they had, Kevin, to pull off the upset. And he looked at the scoreboard and they behind. And it was just amazing. Just great job by the Kansas City Chiefs winning on a day where the Jacksonville Jaguars were excited. And so was Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, yeah. He'll be fine. He could be the starter for a while. But I wouldn't be surprised four games from now he, does, he doesn't play that much. He's going to have a little bit of a roller coaster, I think, still to prove himself.
0: I thought it, it reminded me of Kareem Hunt. I, I recall Kareem Hunt, his first carry with the Chiefs. He fumbled the ball. I think maybe the Chiefs were playing the Patriots to open the season, and he fumbled, Correct. and then they put him right back out there and we were like, uh-oh. And then I don't think he fumbled again the rest of the season. This was the same deal. Pacheco fumbled, and you thought, well, maybe the Chiefs have a player that they can't count on. The very next series, the first play was a handoff to Pacheco, and he went right back to him. He does that with his players, so clearly he believes in this player, and it's another weapon. Another weapon that we saw with a couple of carries for 33 yards, and this was Kadarius Toney. He also had four catches, including the hippity-hop, bunny-step touchdown from Mahomes in this game. I can't believe they picked this player up, basically out of nowhere, for very little in exchange. He looks like he's going to be quite a contributor.
1: Yeah, he's closer, if you want to use those words. Tyreek Hill, he's got some of that in him. Uh, This just puts the Chiefs back into that elite area. Uh McCole Hardman can go back and just continue to be a fast-developing receiver. Doesn't mean the Chiefs are going to pay him next year. I get that. But he should never be thought of as someone who's going to turn into Tyreek Hill. That's not the kind of style he has. It's unfair. Tyreek Hill is so easy. You look at the Miami Dolphins right now. It's just incredible. But uh, you're seeing another player that has that kind of thing. And it's just amazing, Kevin, for this podcast group. It is a little bit sketchy to be too enthusiastic about this, and I'll tell you why. He basically said he had a hamstring problem with the Giants. Come on. Do you think that guy's hammy's bothering him at all? It <laughs> doesn't look like it. <laughs> no. He was 100% healthy the day they traded him. You know, so uh, I, I just, I, I never, I got to forget about this because, you know, I don't like people be rewarding for taking shortcuts and, and playing games, you know. Uh, it's just, I, I won't forget about this in about 10 seconds because I don't opine on the players I root for the claw, okay? Whatever the dream I don't care how they got there. Let's go. The guy's awesome. Uh, he's got unbelievable potential. He's like a wild horse. Let's, get, let's put it this way. He's like a wild horse that Andy Reid knows how to tame. No problem. I mean, he is an elite factor in the Chiefs offense right now, and he will be the rest of the year uh, because he has that not only has speed, he has body control together. So when he gets that, it's not just, oh, he ran really fast for seven yards on the jet sweep. He will juke people out. He'll run over them. He'll find angles to get more yardage. Uh, he's got an elite player for very little. And that's why I like that trade coming in. You know, everyone said, what do you think about giving up draft picks for this guy? And I loved it for the future and maybe even for now. And the other thing that I said, Kevin, if I didn't tell you this, you know, if we were a business and we had a chance to up what we're really good at and take it to another level, but stay with what we're good at. I will do that every time instead of worrying about my weaknesses. Hey, let's sell better our worst products, our defense or something. You know, no, add to what you're great at. If Kevin Kiesman can do radio on Sports Radio 810 and be the best sports radio broadcaster that I've ever heard, couldn't he just do that in a podcast also if he's relying on the same excellence? Kevin, you're playing offense in a podcast? and at the radio station, uh, but you, you bet on yourself about doing it what you knew was great. You didn't say, I'm going to go work on my weaknesses right now and try to sell, maybe a little bit better at what I'm bad at. That, that That's not the winning formula in business. And the Chiefs adding to their offense is always a winning formula for me. He's that guy, Kevin. Unbelievable how good it, he might be.
0: It just makes you wonder what the Giants were thinking, and there must obviously something happened there, and they said he was injury-prone, so maybe – Maybe it was just a change of scenery and they had to get that player out. But boy, we haven't seen that in Kansas City. I think his teammates have welcomed him and maybe just the, the culture shift is good for him. It's just exciting to see that weapon. Mahomes was really good in this ball game Again, he did have the one interception, but four more touchdowns. He He's clearly the best quarterback in the NFL. And I feel like so many people have tried over the last couple of seasons to force other quarterbacks on us and say, "You know, everybody wants a hot take, Stan. Everybody wanted to say, oh, Josh Allen's the best quarterback. He's better than Mahomes. Or, you know, pick this quarterback or that quarterback and say, this one is better. Nobody's better. We saw it in the Bills game yesterday. Three more turnovers from Josh Allen, who now seems to be a scoring zone, a red zone nightmare for the Bills that they're going to have to try to figure out. There is no excuse why they lost that football game. The fumble at the six-inch line was a joke. That was a panic play by Allen. And then the interception to end the game. I think the Bills got a little trouble on their hands. It's a really good football team, but they're not even in first place. The Dolphins took over first place. That is a crazy division.
1: Yeah, and they're not even a, in a tiebreaker for second place because they're tied with the Jets, and the Jets beat them. Um, so we, we we touched on this last week, Kevin, uh, about Buffalo, and I went back through my sequencing where I did not believe in them. They weren't ready for prime time over the last three years. They've all grown up, and now they're ready. But it's so much harder. When you think that you are good and they're coming after you now, it's been hard for the chiefs to transition from a super bowl champion. Hasn't it uh, to continue? I mean, people bring their best when they're playing the chiefs and they study, how can we possibly slow down the best team in football? That's been happening the last few years. And Andy Reid just says, bring it on. I win divisions. I'm going to be right there. I get the championship games and, and maybe even better than that. But the bills are just in a learning stage program. And right when they thought that they finally did it, they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead when they both knew it was a big-time battle and not a playoff game. They never said that. But they took a deep breath, and now look where they are. They're on a slide. And they've got all kinds of issues. One is their record in games decided by eight or less. Their last 12, I think they're three and nine. They're not winning close games. Huh, I think close games happen in the NFL. Oh, I think they really happen in the playoffs. I mean, look at the hurdle that they've got to get over. And then right now, They've got a psychological issue that they've got to work with. You know, how do you handle Josh Allen? He's beat up and injured, right? Um, but he has a an attitude like he's a high school kid that never wants to lose. And most of these NFL quarterbacks, I used to joke about it, Kevin, that after the ball game's over, the NFL quarterbacks go shake hands with their hats on. You know, they don't want anybody to see their wet hair. go shake their head, the, the opponent's hand with a big smile on their face and say, hey, I'll see you at your golf tournament this summer, and they just don't feel like they care that much about losing. Well, geez, Josh Allen's not like that. He runs over people because he wants to win. He has a mentality that's really cool, but it's not the way you work in the NFL. You just got to calm down, get into a grind of just doing it week after week, and Josh is not thinking that way. And you know he's questioning himself because he's an overachiever. He came out of Wyoming, not an accurate passer, Kevin. That was not his thing. He's upped his completion percentage over since his rookie year to now higher than any quarterback in NFL history has done. That's how much he's improved and his accuracy has improved. But now that it's breaking down a little bit, he's got to have questions like, who am I? You know, what is the real Josh Allen? This isn't easy. And he starts forcing things, the red, turn- red zone turnovers. How about just turning over the ball, period? Do you realize he's the only guy with double-digit interceptions this year in the NFL? 10? interceptions, Kevin, and you know they've been done in the red zone. They've dropped leads that they should have never given up. They played bad against the Jets and lost that game. So yeah, Buffalo has all kinds of questions, but the question is easy for us about who the best team in the NFL is. We're not going to mention Buffalo right now. They've they've wiped that off the slate within two weeks. Two weeks ago, I would have gone Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia. Now not even tempted to say Buffalo. Wow, how hard it is in the NFL.
0: All right, in the NFC, the Eagles are undefeated. The Vikings only have one loss, but I'm not ready to crown the Vikings anything at this point. They absolutely got a gift in the Bills game on Sunday. But I I was uh, very much entertained by the Packers game, the Packers-Cowboy game on Sunday. I don't know if the Packers saved their season or not, and I don't know whether more blame here is Dallas blowing the game. I read it's the first loss in franchise history ever where the Cowboys led by 14 points or more after three quarters. But Aaron Rodgers has got their number. He's 8-2 and two in his career, and the Packers find a way to win. What's the bigger headline? The Packers potentially saving their season, or the Cowboys letting one get away?
1: Well, I think the Cowboys is a bigger headline, but let's start with the one that deserves a headline as well. Until proven otherwise, Kevin, until they are not playing in the playoffs, I'm still going to be looking over my shoulder at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Okay? I'm just telling you you get to the playoffs and the Packers are there, barely, or Tampa's there, however, division champion or whatever, they become a legitimate tough out in the playoffs. So if you're a really good team like Philadelphia going, we got this, you better be nervous because those two quarterbacks can take their team to a whole nother level. That's why going into the season, if you told me that Cowboys are playing at Green Bay, I wouldn't have thought about the Cowboys winning the game. I just go bonus coverage if the Cowboys win because they can't handle what Aaron Rodgers will bring. The magic of Aaron Rodgers always beats the Cowboys. Green Bay will be excited to play Dallas, and Dallas doesn't play well at Green Bay. Dallas is a good road team, okay? Dallas is a good road team. But when they came to Kansas City last year, they weren't themselves. I knew it coming in, Kevin. I told you Chiefs easy, and it was Chiefs easy. This game, they don't play well in Green Bay. They don't play like themselves. It's like that there's an out-of-body experience, and that's what they look like again. So in those senses, it was not surprising. But when you look at where the teams were, five game losing streak, Green Bay's receivers being awful, their team being desperate, their coach not dominant, the Cowboys should have won. So the headline has to be Cowboys lose. Where does it start? Oh, geez, man, you could, you could spend all day on this. Mike McCarthy is crying at his press conference because he's going back to Green Bay. I mean, what the heck, Kevin? <laughs> You're a pro. Set your jaw. Get ready to go coach your team. He is crying. His kids grew up in Green Bay, and we're going back to Green Bay. And, oh, I just love Green Bay. And, and he puts on his Vince Lombardi replica jacket or something and walks on the field in the 8 in the morning for a 3.30 game. He's, he can't sleep at night. He's going over and getting coffee because he's just, oh, what the heck if you're the head coach of an NFL football team Kevin you don't even remember your wife's name on the morning of a game okay they say hey Jessica would like to talk to you Jessica Jessica is she which is she one of the medical people who's Jessica that's what you would say Kevin if you're a head coach right okay so you know they're poorly coached but this is ridiculous I mean he's throwing he didn't even during COVID when they put that little mask on him he just froze like we're watching a a, a movie that you can just mess with. He just froze on the sideline. He didn't move for a whole season. Did you see that? Yeah. He just. He never talked to an official. He ha- he had that little mask on, and all you see was his eyes, and they were all just looking straight ahead. I think they just froze someone there. Maybe he was scared of COVID and didn't even show up to the game. I'm not sure. That's what he looked like. Here, he's spiking his headset, Kevin, when the game's still tied. They went for fourth down. Did you see him yep. spike his headset? I did. I mean, come on. Come on, Jerry. Jerry, you want to coach the team. You should have coached the team this game. And, and let Mike go sign autographs in the, in the stands or something. <laughs> He's so nostalgic about going to Green Bay. What a joke. Then, then you go back to uh, first time after 195 games. I mean, are you kidding me? The Cowboys have never, ever lost a game when they had a 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Ever in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. And they do it against the Green Bay Packers, who can't even pass. I mean, it, it was it's it's embarrassing. Now, how did the Cowboys lose when it was at overtime? First of all, they allowed them to get to overtime, right? But when they got to overtime, naturally, uh, how about this? This is the thing that drives me crazy. Pollard, the running back, who everyone says is better than Zeke. No, he's not better than Zeke. You're when you're the next back, Kevin. You, it's easy when you're not tired. Okay, when you're not beat up doing it week after week. Remember that theme a little bit earlier about Pacheco? So Pollard's now the running back. He makes a nice run in overtime. The Cowboys get across the 50-yard line. What does he do? He raises his hand up and says, i got to come out of the game. Are you kidding me? You're the backup running back who gets a chance to start. You're in overtime in a game your team is struggling. They need you on the field, and you're tired, and you go over to the sideline so they can put a backup in. How can that mentality even be in your mind, Kevin? How can you not care about winning? Give me some Josh Allen, someone who cares, okay? Then they have a scrud receiver in, a guy who never plays, who lines up offsides and then doubles down by looking out and going, huh, I wonder if I'm lined up right, and then moves while there's another guy in motion. So if they didn't call him for offsides, they call him for being in motion, five-yard penalty after the Cowboys had an eight- or ten-yard run. That was the killer. Then they called holding on the next play after that. Oh, penalties? Does that cost the Cowboys ever? Yes, they're the worst at making penalties. But here's the big story, Kevin, because now you're getting way too much of the Cowboys stuff. Fans <laughs> are going to sleep right now. <laughs> going, What's happening in the podcast? I mean, Kevin kind of liked the Cowboys. I'll break down the Cowboys. When I talk about the Cowboys, Kevin, listen closely, okay? Now, here's the big thing. Here's the question you and I talked about Dak Prescott. Dak's a problem. Dak's a good kid, like Josh Allen. I mean, From what I can tell about those guys, I don't know how you wouldn't root for them, invite them over to dinner, and want them to lead your team. I have no problem with Dak Prescott being the quarterback, okay? But he's questioning himself right now, Kevin. He's battling those injuries. Remember I said I don't know how badly that hand injury is? And he's been getting – since he got his ankle hurt, he went from being a guy who never missed a game to having all kinds of injuries here or there. I believe he's questioning himself right now. Internal questioning. He is not playing well. The reason why the Cowboys even had a close game with Green Bay is because Dak's not playing well. For instance, sequencing of the game, Cowboys lead 7-0. Green Bay gets sacked, which is a Cowboys thing, pass rush. Gets sacked, fumble. Cowboys get the ball first and goal to 10. And Dak throws the interception on the third play. Interception. All he got to do is kick a field goal, go up 10-0. And Green Bay was ready to quit. The coaches, you know, Aaron Rodgers yelling at the coach. Cowboys are going to win. Second quarter, ten nothing. Dak throws interception. Kevin, Dak's struggling. He's not throwing accurately. He doesn't believe in himself. He may bounce out of it. But if Cooper Rush would have been the quarterback yesterday, and if Jerry Jones would have coached the team, the Cowboys would have beat Green Bay. Ooh. I mean, they Ooh. Cooper would have just calmly done what he needed to, and Jerry Jones wouldn't be crying over there on the sideline. He would have been wow. mad when things weren't going well. So no, I'm not. I'm not Dak over Cooper. I'm not acting like Cooper is better than Dak, no. I'm just saying Dak's struggling right now, and he lost the game early. When, in the second quarter, when Cowboys had the momentum, Dak could not put the heat on him. He, he didn't play very well. He waited for Aaron Rodgers to have a chance to his magic, and it happened. Cowboys always lose to Green Bay, and hopefully uh, Mike McCarthy you know, doesn't have anybody on Minnesota's sideline he likes, because I don't want to hear anybody crying in the next <laughs> game. Now they play Minnesota and the Giants. The Cowboys might lose three straight, Kevin. It would not be surprising to lose three straight. But they're not going to win the division. That's out with this loss. But they have a great chance to make the playoffs. And the Cowboys get to play the role of being super dangerous. If I were an opponent, if I were the winner, if I were the Atlanta Falcons or Tampa Bay or whoever wins the division, Seattle, I would not want to see Dallas coming in because they're just dangerous. They're supposed to be a bad seed. They're going to be dangerous. And that's going to be the story of the playoffs, Kevin. If Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or the Dallas Cowboys are coming into your house or Buffalo Bills on the road. Well, Miami Dolphins. Right. Yeah. The story of the playoffs are going to be someone's going to get beat who's really good. That's right. On an early playoff round and you're going to go, "Man, that's unfair. That's just a bad matchup. Why did I have to play an explosive team well, who, who isn't going to win the Super Bowl but can do it one week?" That's the theme. Of the NFL
0: playoffs, I think, Kevin. I I don't think there's any question about it. And Dallas is is pure entertainment, too. I enjoy watching them play. We'll look forward to seeing them on Thanksgiving as well. We get that every year. That's great stuff. Let's move on to college. I got so much feedback after our segment last week, Stan. I don't know if you did. I did. Uh, Friends, listeners, emails, man on the street. Hey, you and Stan had quite a discussion there about the K-State quarterback. Let's just start with this. The headline here is Kansas State dominates Baylor and they're back in the driver's seat to be in Dallas. Two wins. They go to Dallas for the Big 12 championship game in a rematch against TCU. Let's just take the game for what it was. How surprising was it that they were that dominant and won that easily?
1: Well, obviously, any time a Big 12 game against any of the opponents of the 10 this year, that doesn't end up being a close game is a surprise. Okay, so very simply a surprise. Uh, No doubt about it. The thing that we knew, about Baylor is that they can run the ball really well. And I have been saying, uh, you got to listen to all the time I talk about this, including pregame if you want to listen to K-State Network. I got, I got to say a few more things there, Kevin. The thing I said is the Baylor offense is double or nothing. Blake Chapin's uh, quarterback who's getting better, learning, and, and not a finished product. If they run the ball well, then they'll throw the ball well. It's double or nothing. You know, Count them for their 30, 35 points and see if you can beat them and you expect a close game. But if you can slow down their running game, I think the passing game will not be a factor against K-State. They're good against the pass, and that's just the bootleg, Their play action's all based upon the run. Does that make sense? I said it on the air a couple of times, maybe in the third quarter to wide. I said, double or nothing. And I came back a little bit later, and I said, double or nothing. They either run and they pass, or they do neither. And that's the Baylor offense. That was the, end of the ball game, and we knew the results more. We could see what was happening on the field. Before the game, the question that I asked was, if you can run the ball against K-State, that is a good strategy. That's what TCU did, and obviously Texas did, rushing for over 200 yards in the first half when they got out to that 21-point lead against K-State. So here comes Baylor. They run the ball really well also. They got multiple running backs who can go over 100 yards. But the thing that I said was they weigh 170 pounds. They aren't physical running backs like B. John Robinson of Texas or Kendra Miller of TCU. K-State had trouble with the... Physical running backs, but I thought the style they play, 3 five defensive backs, a smaller lineup, better against the pass. That's what K-State's done. It's good modern defense. But I thought they could run to the angles and get to the Baylor backs. And if they could, they'll be easy to bring down. K-State will not get run over. It won't be a physical game. It'll be an angle game, a speed game. And I thought that would play better to K-State. Well, it played super well for K-State. They were everywhere. And the coaches mixed things up. They changed fronts, got Baylor to be a little nervous, jumping off sides a little bit, Kevin, and they totally shut them down. Never thought there would be a blowout, but the question that I had to be answered, that I thought would be answered the way it was, is Baylor's running game statistically is about the same as a TCU or Texas, but on the field, it's completely different. K-State matched up really well with it. Those small backs couldn't run through a tackle, so I thought K-State would have an advantage there and not get run over, cool. And then, but I didn't think the defense would just go out and Baylor's never scored less points against K-State ever. In all 20 games they play. played, that's the fewest, three points.
0: I am not close to the team. I have no inside information. I have no knowledge of this. And I think last week you basically poo-pooed this, but I watch a different football team when Will Howard is playing. And I even see a different defense. I see different players all over. Like, that's the guy they've known for three years. That's the guy they were recruited with and have been at practice and weightlifting every day for the last three years. They know him. They respect him. They clearly love him. They played great. Will Howard came into this game because of injury to Adrian Martinez, and the game just was set on fire from that point. The kid is unbelievable. I am out of superlatives on how well he's playing, and please, please, please tell me that Will Howard is now the starting quarterback. (laughs) Uh, First of all,
1: we got to be careful how we have this conversation because your podcasters don't listen all the conversations that I get to have about this subject and, and it's funny how life presents these things Kevin you know um, sometimes you, like you and I will we'll do a, a discussion and someone will come up and say hey I, when you said this and I go wait Kevin said that not me you, people aren't listening as closely so sometimes they just hear the conversation and don't hear who's saying what all those kind of things I'm just, I'm just laughing about how we work as human beings let me state this two years ago one year ago six months ago I was the biggest Will Howard fan, and Kevin Kiesman and others would a question my brain about how can you be high on this guy who's been given two years' worth of chances, has a losing record as a starting quarterback for K-State, and doesn't have that strong of arm, doesn't throw a perfect spiral. Um, you know, what are you talking about? So let me say that no one's been a bigger fan of Will Howard than me. Right. I've been a Will Howard defender for so long, Kevin, that I want that to be the headline. In in bold letters, I, I was crazily. If you would have asked me in week one what we were going to have with Will Howard, if Adrian Martinez wouldn't have showed up, I would have told you all these good things, and all your listeners would have said, "Wow, I don't know what this guy's talking about." Okay, so I'm a giant Will Howard fan. Now that he wears number eighteen, Kevin, and he's a big, tall dude with a not a perfect spiral, he reminds you as a smart guy of Peyton Manning, doesn't he? I mean, just he is so smart, he is so big. Uh, he wear he. It, Manning was his favorite player. He changed his number from 15 to 18, Kevin. So, you know, I I like everything about Will Howard.
0: I think, let me say this. He's the biggest surprise I can ever remember at Kansas State. Like, I'm in complete shock that he's this good, but I've seen enough to know that he's really this good. This isn't some lucky thing. Okay, we're talking about multiple games now. He put 28 on TCU and four possessions. He put 48 on Oklahoma state and he busted out 31 in three quarters on Saturday night against Baylor on the road. This kid can flat out play. What in the world is Chris Kleiman thinking? I mean, this is over now this, this, this is beyond discussing and he's got an easy out because Martinez hurt his knee again and probably won't be ready to go this week anyway. So the coach has an easy out, but for crying out loud, am I the only one that sees this? This isn't even a discussion anymore. Um, well, I don't know what uh, I don't know what your listeners came back to you with if they
1: said, hey, I've never heard you and Stan not it's agreeing on a right. subject. I know that was the th- that was a the theme for you and me, you know, it's, and, and I hopefully hopefully the listeners aren't saying I, it turns into one of those fake ESPN shows where you and I have to argue all the time. Right. Do they not like us agreeing? Because <laughs> I, I have no problem with respecting your opinion and saying I, I like that and adding to it. I hope the listeners aren't going to say they want us to argue all the time, Kevin. So, no. I, that kind of scares me a little bit. If they liked it, I don't know if they just noted it. You, you didn't tell me what the, what did the listeners say? Did they say, I mean, the, the people who sent back to you, they say, oh, that, that was a great
0: discussion well, I, or. I, let, let me apologize. because a couple of them said, you know, you weren't very nice to Stan." And I said, well, what, I think I was nice enough to stand. We just had a, a differing view <laughs> on this thing. Look, I, I think one of the real things that, that I'm hung up on is this, and you know this better than anybody about the quarterback position. I think it's really hard To take a 24 year old kid that's been playing at Nebraska for five years, plug him in in January with a sore shoulder, can't practice, um, get him ready for the season, and say, okay, to the 120 players in your program, here's our leader. Here's the guy. When they've been lifting weights at practice with Will Howard for three years and they know him inside and out, I just, I think it's a tough ask. And that's, you know, I think that's hard for Adrian Martinez. I don't think you can just show up and plug in a 24-year-old quarterback that has been playing elsewhere and say, okay, guys, here's your new leader. I think leadership is earned over time, and I'm not sure it was a perfect situation for him. I do not believe in the plug-and-play quarterback. I don't like it. I hope Kleiman learns something, not specific to Adrian Martinez. I hope he never does this again and just goes with the players that he's recruiting that have been in his program.
1: There's a lot of things uh, you know that you said are just fine there. In, in this situation, um, Will Howard is incredible. Uh, as a teammate, and he deserves the respect he's been given by the players. They are excited about him because he has handled this. If there was a grade of A-plus of how he's handled getting his opportunity, he's about ready to be the starting quarterback for the K-State Wildcats. He was going to be the starting quarterback for the K-State Wildcats, and then they bring in a guy who started 40 games for Nebraska and say he's going to get a chance first or equal, and, and Adrian got the job. How Will handled himself is what gave the team even more respect. Like he could not be a bigger supporter of Adrian Martinez. He was the biggest cheerleader for Adrian saying, we're going to try to make this work. Because like you said, it's hard to integrate a guy in. And it's hard for him to break the habits that he had at Nebraska and all those things. Those challenges are there. That's one of the reasons why they really love and respect Will Howard. Um, so let's hey, positive, positive, positive about Will Howard. And you're right. They may have catch a break. That if Adrian's not a hundred percent, Will Howard can start the next game. They don't have to worry about redshirting anymore. If they're going to get a Big Twelve championship game, Kevin, that changes the math dramatically because now you got an extra game. So you're not trying to, you know, he could really be a part of seven games. Will Howard could play seven games this year, even though they held him back early. So he could participate in a big time way. All those things are true. I don't know where Adrian Martinez is. If he's not a hundred percent, they can start Will Howard and move forward, but. Back to last week real quick. You know, we had our discussion and I told you, um, you know, what I thought. I guess, Kevin, you have you have a notepad around a lot of times. You're good at taking notes. Uh, you might have a pencil or pen around. If you at least mentally can do this with me, draw a line across the, the page and then draw another line that goes through it with like in an S pattern a little bit. Then a little curve up, curve down, okay? Now, that straight line is my thought process through all of these ups and downs. After they lost to Texas, I wasn't down at all. If you go back and listen, Boy, I said everything's
0: fine. I was because I well, think the I coach gave it away. I
1: think the I'm coach a gave it away. I'm a straight line here, Kevin. Yeah. I believed in Will Howard the same before. Okay. Obviously he's proven it on the field. I all think right. better of him now. But I'm telling you, I believed in Will Howard eight months ago and I believe in Will Howard now. I was not I believe in K State after the Texas game, after the Tulane game. I was I'm still calmly thinking And it's not going to be easy against West Virginia, by the way. This isn't a cocky statement.
0: I'm going to ask you a tough question. This could be a hard
1: game at West Virginia. I know.
0: They're all tough. It's a good league. Everybody can play.
1: Here's Adrian Martinez. I'll get to Adrian Martinez for you. I I confirmed, just because I thought about our conversation, I went back and quadruple-checked. I knew I knew it, but I quadruple-checked with the coaches. Hey, what were the grades? What do you think? And all they did is, I mean, they had super thumbs-up high grades for Adrian Martinez play against Texas. They were amazed at how good he played. Okay, So you might, you might say, we have the right to look at the game differently in however we want, but I'm telling you, my mindset is much closer to what these coaches are all thinking, right. and they loved what Adrian Martinez did against Texas. So he's their starting so they quarterback. They like get
0: fumbling on the drive to tie the game twice on one drive. <laughs> I, mean, the I can't game, the get game. into all
1: the pros and cons. They, they factor that Stand. in as well, Kevin. And it's, so, a
0: fa- it's a factor. Winning, winning games matters. He's never won games. He doesn't really win them at K-State. I'm going to ask you a point-blank question. This is a legit question because I can make an argument that this would be the case. If, if Adrian Martinez never came to Kansas state are the wildcats 10 and O right now. No, why not? They beat Tulane. Um, You'll give me the Tulane game, right? What color helmets are they wearing that day? I'm asking, would they have beaten Tulane with Will Howard? Um, yes.
1: I, I I don't, I don't think the record would be any different with, uh, Will Howard or Adrian Martinez. I think K-State, Really? Will, will, yeah, will, will Howard, he played the whole TCU game. Now, you're going to get me to try to... Oh, bunk, he got hurt. Uh, he got hurt of,
0: and came out and, and was never the same after he got hurt in that game. He got hurt okay, in that game. Okay, but that's the thing. But when you play down after down, like
1: Josh Allen, Kevin, uh, the theme of today is it is hard to do it again and again and again, and Josh Allen's going through it, and, and Will Howard's going through it, but going to go through it. I, Let's just say, here I'll say something you'll like, Kevin. How about this? Yeah. If if Adrian Martinez were miraculously hundred percent healthy today, getting ready for West Virginia, who would be the starting quarterback? I think K State coaches would select Adrian Martinez. Oh. that he's their starter and that they would have their cake and eat it too. They'd like to have Will Howard have another year of eligibility. I think that's the way they would go. But what, why? if Adrian what's, Martinez what's this eligibility if,
0: discussion, who cares? They got they've just recorded recruited the best quarterback they've ever recruited. He's going to sit for two years behind Will Howard and take over. I don't understand why we need Will Howard for three years.
1: Well, that you can discuss things with them. I'm just telling you that <laughs> they would love they would love Will the redshirt, and Adrian. They think Adrian is a good starting quarterback that can take them as far as they K, K State can go. They also believe Will Howard can take them as far as K State can go. So it's not about Will Howard. But here's interesting: the thing that you brought up. Here's the thing that I will add. Adrian Martinez is a starting quarterback for K-State, and if he were healthy, he'd be the starting quarterback, and Will Howard would support him. That's what's crazy about this. Will Howard would support him That's fine. and have no trouble with this at all. Here's the thing. You talked about how hard it is to come in and how hard it is to be a leader, and I talked earlier about Josh Allen, uh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, I believe, questioned himself internally. I believe that, Kevin. Adrian Martinez has got to have that seed starting to grow in his body no matter how good Will Howard's been to him, no, how good, no matter how good the coaches think he is, and no matter how much support he's had with the team, don't you think, Kevin, it's hard for him to go out there as a starting quarterback now when Will has been there forever? He has been a saint, teammate, He's played at a high level, uh, yes. and he obviously understands the K State offense better than it's you do. It's Will Howard's he, he, team. The fact that you and I are Adrian Martinez, it, it there's is, no way we know State never, football Stan, as well as as Will Howard does. I have never so been more be sure. Intimidating.
0: I have never been more sure of anything in my life. This is Will Howard's football team. You can see it. You can see it. You can see it, can see it with his teammates. You can see it all. It's right there. I, we're belaboring the point. I, no, I, I think somebody, Adrian Martinez no, is hurt. I'm just it. saying. If Adrian's hurt.
1: Then it's going to be easy to see. Yeah, but but the thing is, is that I I think there are question marks have to be building in Adrian Martinez's head. I agree. Just because this, this is hard, this is not a cut down. Right. This happens to Dak Prescott. I this know. happens to Josh Allen, Kevin. Those guys are thought of as heroes. They are the gladiators who quarterback a football team. And then they know they're really human, and when that starts easing into their brain, it's not happening. good. Okay, yeah, so I think eat- it's hard. If Adrian Martinez runs out against West Virginia as a starting quarterback, Ugh. I think that's going to be hard for him. Hard because he's going to be questioning himself. Like I can't twist my ankle again. Right. I can't get hurt. I got to maybe I need to throw the ball real quickly against the blitz, like like uh, Will Howard does. Well, he, he's not Will Howard. He's not Will Howard. He he's cannot not Will Howard. Like he's Will Howard. Sure. He's got to believe in himself. It's not Will Howard.
0: All right, I want to I want to get your thoughts on KU and MU before I, we're running long here. I knew this was going to happen because we're just we could talk about this all day. I know, um, you know, there's just so much to like about the Jayhawks this year. They're six and four. Their offense was really good again on Saturday. They racked up a whole bunch of yards. They actually outgained Texas Tech yardage wise in this game. But, boy, that defense, it's just really, really hard to win when you play defense like Kansas is playing now. Was this inevitable? I mean, I think maybe they were playing better defense earlier in the year on emotion or adrenaline or something. Was it inevitable? Have we seen this coming all year that Kansas just is not a good defensive team?
1: Yeah, they struggled on defense all year. And uh, Lance Whitepole has brought the team to such a level that we've forgotten what our original expectations were, you know, how good Kansas is how well they played against Texas Tech, should have won in a lot of ways. But where Kansas is, is a little bit matchup driven, Kevin. And and I'm not trying to, I'm not blasting KU, but it's a little bit matchup driven. They caught West Virginia at the perfect time. That's why I said I thought they'd win at West Virginia. They caught Houston at the perfect time. That's why I thought they would win at Houston. And they caught Texas Tech at the wrong time. Uh, that, that just was a game where Texas Tech is playing loose and free. They love playing at home. They don't mind making mistakes. They don't care which quarterback it is. And they don't care how the game unfolds. They think they're going to score 50 and have fun. They're just hard to beat. As, as Kansas kept punching them in the mouth, they didn't even act like it had mattered. And they had game control only because they were leading on a scoreboard. KU played fine. The defense is a problem. It's always been a problem if you're talking about winning the Big 12 or being an elite team. Being a good team, a dangerous team, Kansas is all of those. Their offense is really coming around. They've proven with two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks like K-State, that things can keep rolling along. Jalen Daniels was getting all kinds of credit to start the year about being a Heisman Trophy candidate. And here Jason Bean has done the same thing. Yards per attempt, touchdowns, rushing yards, all those things. Uh, both quarterbacks have played at a high level. Kansas is very, very dangerous. But now they're going to have to learn how to clean their game up, right? Can't make mistakes. And you've got to cut down on your defensive errors, improve the defense a little bit. Those things are all in play. Kansas is still just a good team in the middle of the pack of the Big 12. What a compliment that is. But every game is an adventure. They could beat Texas this week. I won't be surprised if Kansas beats Texas this week. Texas will probably think it's cold, not try, be bummed out about losing last week. Um, so Kansas is still going to be very dangerous in their last two games. And if they could win one of their last two, it would be an unbelievable off the charts season for KU Texas, a hard matchup. When you get in the shootout, I don't really think about that game much other than, yeah, Kansas could have won, but Kevin, the defense has not been strong all year when they beat West Virginia, when they beat Houston, they still gave up a lot of yards. It's, It's the thing they've tried to work around.
0: Yeah. All right, and Missouri, you know, I, I kind of tossed this game out. I didn't think they were really going to play with Tennessee, and it would be, you know, a lot of people thought, hey, maybe this will stay in the 20s. Missouri's defense has been really good. This was, again, bad time and situation. I think you wanted to play Tennessee before they played Georgia um, and not the bounce-back game. So I, I thought Missouri was just in a, a trap from the beginning, but they were game. I mean, it's 28-24 at one point in this contest before they give up 66. They just couldn't stop Tennessee in the end. 724 yards. This is an outlier. Missouri's been pretty good defensively all year, except for the game in Manhattan and now the game in Knoxville. Can Mizzou win two more to get the six and six and be bowl eligible? They've got New Mexico State and then they have Arkansas. Will they bounce back? And can they do it? Well, they definitely can.
1: Uh, will they is a tough question because I don't think they're a team with tough, you know, tight glue keeping them together. When the tough gets going in a ball game, how are they going to respond? And I don't know. I have no confidence that they play complimentary football. Uh, the fans don't believe in cook the quarterback, but I don't know about the team. I can't really tell you, uh, they they make mistakes here and there. They're loose with the football. Uh, they're, they're not something to be counted on, but they should beat New Mexico state. New Mexico state's better than people think. Jerry kills a buddy of mine. He is a a fighter. Who's found a way to win in an understated way. When he's at Minnesota, remember that Mm -hmm. Emporia state, he's won Northern Illinois. Um, He's a very, very feisty coach, but Missouri's better than the Mexico State. So they win that game. And then Arkansas is a complete toss-up. Uh, the game's at home, and I don't trust Arkansas either. And where does their quarterback fit? I mean, I think he got hurt in the ball game uh, against LSU. They fought hard. But Arkansas has been all over the board. Some weeks they look really good, and some weeks they look completely beatable. So that's, that's a flip-a-coin game. Uh, Arkansas and Missouri have so much to play for in a weird way because the loser's going to feel so awful. That's a wild way to say it. It isn't about who wins the game, Arkansas versus Missouri, Kevin. It's who loses. Yeah. Their fans are going to be so mad because if Missouri loses, they're 5-7 and seven don't go to a bowl game. If Arkansas loses, they're like, I thought we passed up Missouri. I thought we beat them every year. We were supposed to have a much better season. What is going on? Arkansas, middle-of-the-pack type play is not what they thought going into this year. So this is going to be about who blows the game rather than who wins the game. It'll be exciting to see. Missouri definitely can do it. And they need that extra 15 practices. They need uh, to pull together and find a way to end the season on a strong note. If you beat New Mexico State, you win the game against Arkansas and you go win a bowl game, Kevin, they can truthfully say, we're ready for next year. We're in good shape. Mizzou ready for 2023. But, man, that Friday after Thanksgiving, what's at stake in a weird way, is a giant game for the Tigers.
0: Two weeks to go. It's going to be fun. There's a lot going to shake out in uh, our college football world in the next couple of weeks. And Stan, it's always great having you here. And I I always want to just treat you with the utmost respect. You know I have, <laughs> I have uh, an enormous value on your – I place enormous value on your opinions on football. And I don't know anybody that knows football better than you do. And I get emotional sometimes <laughs> about coaching decisions. I'm just an armchair podcast guy. That's all I am. But uh, it's going to be fun down the stretch, buddy. We're going to have plenty to talk about. We appreciate having you on, as always. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Kevin. And your instincts are usually really, really good, but they don't have to be perfect. Sometimes they can be <laughs> a little off and it usually happens when it's your team, right? When you're so yeah. emotionally yeah. attached to your team, because I'm going to say something, Kevin, for you to have a little smile on your face. You said, we've got a couple more weeks in this season. It's going to be fun for this college football. Hey, if K-State can win their last two or Texas lose one and K-State, win one of their last two, we got three weeks left for K-State. Right. So, Remember, I was not down after the Texas game because K-State could go beat Baylor. Texas was going to lose, but I'm not overconfident either right now. West Virginia will be hard. They'll be hard. They beat Baylor, and they beat Oklahoma at home. This isn't over. Every game in the Big 12 is going to be a fight. So let's go. Hopefully we get in third week for you, Kevin, so you can get a smile. Hey, listeners out there, Kevin always treats me, and all of his guests, by the way, with the utmost respect. No tension at all. But last week is notable. Go listen to the podcast if you didn't. It's the only time we didn't agree decently in all of our years together. We were at the opposite ends of the spectrum for once because that was the day before the poll, before we voted. That was appropriate (laughs) for Americans. Kevin and I, maybe we just acted, Kevin. Were we acting like ourselves or were we just putting on a show? People are going to have to ask that question. We get along so often. Yeah but it's quarterback situation. Let best. me say lastly, I've believed in Will Howard longer than anybody. anybody. That's true. Anybody. I didn't
0: believe in him at all until I saw him this year, but now I'm all in. I've so. believed it in him the whole time. <laughs> it isn't
1: easy, Kevin. You're it so isn't good. easy to do it game after game after game.
0: Stan, thank you so much. You're awesome, buddy. Thank you, Kevin. All right. There is Stan Weber. He is the best and we are very, very good friends. And I cannot tell you how much respect I have for that man. I jokingly told People who contacted me after last week's podcast, they said, "What what was up with you and Stan on the podcast?" I said, "Hey, Stan's allowed to be wrong once every twenty years." <laughs> now I'm just saying that jokingly, and I, you know Stan's going to go with who he goes with here. And Will Howard, I think, is uh, he just has to be the starting quarterback at Kansas State at this point, and probably by default or injury at this point because Martinez hurt his knee again in the game on Saturday night. Lively stuff, fun stuff with Stan Weber there. We always appreciate having him on KKHI. He's brought to you by the Finch Knife Company online at FinchKnifeco.com. What a great Christmas present this is this year for your dad, your brother, um, maybe your son, FinchKnifeco.com. You can see him in person at Shields and the Bullet Hole in the Kansas City area. Finch Knife Company, keep life from getting dull. Back Nine Development is online at backninedevelopment.com. TJ and his team at Back 9 can build you a beautiful custom home. If you're interested in a project, a building project or a commercial project, Back 9 Development is all over it. Anywhere in Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan, Back 9 Development has its portfolio online for you to take a look at the quality, quality work that they do at Back 9 Development. Just log on back9development.com and check it out for yourself. TJ builds world-class properties. And you deserve it with backninedevelopment.com 9 And Advanced Medical Imaging, online at MedImageKS.com. Why wait for an MRI or a CT scan when you can get in today at Advanced Medical Imaging? Give them a call for a quick appointment and get right in. 785-856-0224. Don't forget to get that heart scan. If you're over 40, go get it done and get your plaque score. I'm so happy that mine's zero. I got peace of mind. They also, when they scan your heart, they see all of the organs in your torso and while it's not designed for that, it is a heart scan test. Sometimes they can see other things. It's a good preventative medicine thing that your insurance doesn't cover, but it's under 100 bucks out of pocket for peace of mind. Find out what's inside at Advanced Medical Imaging online at MedImageKS.com. Stan Weber is simply the best. I hope you've enjoyed that. We've got a big week of podcasts ahead. The Chiefs are rolling. They're the one seed. Kansas State has a shot to be in the Big 12 title game. There's a lot to play for, and we are always pleased to have Stan Weber Right here on Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC.